When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get everything for your next roofing project at Menards. Your roof is the first line of defense against the elements. Owens Corning Shingles are designed to offer long-lasting performance while providing ultimate protection. They have a limited lifetime warranty and up to a 130-mile-per-hour wind warranty. Choose from over 40 options designed to protect your home for years to come. Save big on Shingles at Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly ad on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Well met, fellow adventurers. I am now in Blade Square in Twithick. Blade Square is a wide rectangle to almost the exact centre of the city. Four tall stone arches adorned with all manner of bladed weaponry provide passage in and out of the square to the other sections of the city. Many buildings flank the square, nestled snugly between between the massive arches. A bustling market dominates the centre of the quadrangle. So, I'm going to visit. There's some quests here. A midday encounter. And then, the swindler's den. An urchin garbed in filthy wax runs into you as you move through the square. As you push your way through the midday crowd in Blade Square, a grimy street urchin dressed in filthy wax runs out from behind a merchant's wagon and collides with you. The boy exhales sharply as he collapses to the ground in a heap. Before you can offer him your hand, the boy staggers to his feet and curses at you, his long, swing of, long string of biting insults drawing a chorus of laughter from a couple of nearby tradesmen. The boy quickly dusts off, off his hopelessly unclean attire and dart, darts off into the crowd. Horrified to discover you've had your pocket picked. Oh no! Nine whole gold has been stolen! That's a disaster! You curse out loud as you spin round and catch sight of the boy, still dodging and weaving through the cloud. Wasting no time, you set off in pursuit of the young thief. You, you dash along the crowded square, managing to keep the swift-footed urchin in sight. Appears he's not aware of the fact that he's being followed. However, as the boy nears the square's western arch, surprised to see him hand off a large cloth bag to a boy who lurks in the shadows nearby. The new lad grins broadly and runs off beneath the arch, exiting Blade Square to the west. The boy you were chasing lingers about beneath the towering archway for several seconds before moving back. Before moving back into the crowded stair. Moving back into the crowded square. So they pass the bag off. Chase after the new boy.
one after the boy who departed via the archway. You dash beneath the western arch and begin the lengthy and difficult pursuit of the boy you who you, be you believe to be carrying your gold. At first, it does not appear that the boy has noticed he's being followed. But as you near the law offender city, he begins glancing over his shoulder with increasing frequency. Just as you enter into the city's northern end, the boy ducks down a narrow, rubbish-filled alley and breaks into a rapid shot. You pause at the mouth of the alley, momentarily wonder what the consequences of following him further might be. The alley he has just entered leads to the heart of Gadawong's End, a notoriously dangerous section of Twitik's northern district. There's a link to Gadawong's End. There are those that say that Gadawong's End is the most dangerous area of Twitik's notoriously dangerous northern Northern Twitter, Northern District, such sediments not without warrant. The relatively small section of the city's Northern District that is known as Gadarong's End, or the End, to the locals, has earned a foul reputation over the years as haven for murder, robbery, and general mayhem. Once the, the stomping grounds of notorious rogue named Gadawong, now long dead, the end remains a brutal reminder of the city's vile and shadowy underbelly. It's a place avoided by nearly all, including most of the city's guardsmen. Okay, so, do I follow him into the most crimey part of the entire city for just nine gold? Why do I say hey, it's just nine gold? Let him have it. No, it's the principle of the thing. You do not steal from me. Follow the young thief into Gadawong's end. Move cautiously along, along the alley in pursuit of the young thief. You draw to within a few yards of the unsuspecting boy and about to make a grab for him when he suddenly looks over his shoulder and spots you. He smirks and then makes a mad dash out of the alley into the filth the crumbling quadrangle filled with beggars, vermin, and decay. You reach the square only seconds later. The boy has already disappeared from sight. Undaunted by the turn of events and intent on retrieving your stolen gold, you scan the edge of the quandang for any place the lad might have gone. You spot two possibilities. These are a dilapidated stable and a tavern called... The Flying Cane. But I can use Divination to give me a clue. I succeeded. Using your power of Divination, you were able to determine the boy entered the dilapidated stable only moments ago. You quickly move off towards the stable. You enter the dilapidated stable, move along its central aisle. Your eyes scouring the empty halls for any sign of the boy. All appearances indicate that this structurally unsound building has not housed any horses for quite some time. You reach the far end of the stable and are about to abandon your search when you suddenly spot an when suddenly a noise from behind startles you. Spin around, surprised to see the lad you've been pursuing standing less than a dozen yards away. 
His hands planted firmly on his hips and his mouth drawn into an obnoxious grin. He is not alone. Flanking the boy are two lanky men, each wielding wooden cudgels. Martha Ben spits in your direction and ominously taps the end of his club against the flat of his hand. A lad here tells us he's been followed, wouldn't you know? He says, deliberately pronouncing every syllable. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? So, I can just demand my gold is returned. I can attack the two men. I can attempt to leave. Or I can apologise to them and leave. Now, admittedly, I just happen to know that attacking the two men gives the greatest reward. So that's what I'm going to do. Your quick attack catches the two men off guard. It's two cudgel-wielding hooligans. I shall just subdue them. The two men strike at you with their wooden cudgels. And they are subdued. 9 XP and then 32 XP to general. The two men crash senseless to the ground, victims of your admirable combat prowess. You quickly turn to the lad you've been suing. Before the young thief can make good his escape, you grab him by the scruff of the neck and snatch a large cloth bag from his wagged attire. You release your grip on the boy and he curses at you before turning and running out of the stable. If you're later to discover, the cloth bag contains even more gold than was stolen from you. 64 gold, presumably all stolen. But I'm I'm not going to spend time figuring out who it was stolen from. When you finish collecting the gold, quickly search the bodies of the two men. Quick search of the bodies of the two men reveals the following. Two common wooden cudgels, I'm not getting those, and 13 gold tokens. One corner of the stable, tucked behind a mound of soiled straw. Discover a small wooden goblin statuette. Believing this curious object may have some value, decide to take it with you. It's a goblin statuette. View. This, this crude goblin statuette has been carved out of solid oaks. The goblin depicted by the small statue has no arms. Hmm. And it's six hole encumbrance, so I. Better figure out where it goes pretty soon. Because I could carry a sword with that much encumbrance. Only a short sword, but still. Yes, yes it's going to be valuable very soon. When you're ready. Not wishing to linger about the abandoned stables any longer than necessary. You quickly exit and make your way out of Gadawong's End. And that finishes that adventure. Even though it doesn't say the adventure's finished, it's just it just stops. Yeah. And our next adventure that I'm going to do is called The Swindler's Gen. That's by someone called VWK. Known or adventure author, VWK. 
known only by the initials DWK, this creative trail tail spinner is busy toiling at crafting adventures that have begun to appear throughout Swift. A long-time tester and an avid Swift loyalist, VWK is eager to help expand the tome of adventures and storylines available to Swift's urgent populace of adventurers. Adventures written by VWK proudly display the by VWK byline somewhere near their titles. Okay, the violent... Violent, it's an Oakenstone Mask-inspired adventure. Now, the Oakenstone Mask was a an event in the battlegrounds where you did little snippets of adventurers, adventures, and you got and you got scored based on how well you did on them. And a lot of those event little snippets were quite a lot of fun. And and there was a wanking. Several of these adventures in one, most of the time anyway. And each one had their own table, and there was a table for the some of the scores you got for all of them. And it was, yeah, you, know, you could one compete against other people, but not directly because that, that's just that's just a pain. Violent, cruel, and greedy—the words that best describe Valgoroff. The Wretched. He has a link to. Valgoroth the Wretched. Longer a pugnant fi- fixture. A commerce that despises and, and passes through Trific. The vile, scheming, immensely retowned merchant known affectionately as Valgoroth the Wretched. is a figure of those fear-inspired clout. is is matched only by the dire extent of his unearthly bulk. Before Thane Bolland was granted the authority to oversee Twithy, Valgoroth and a tight circle of his closest confederates enjoyed almost complete authority over the Sissy, surpassing the power of Twithy's governing council and even that of the mighty Wither Guild. Following Thane Bolland's arrival and his subsequent disbanding of the city's governing council, the Thane of the Wither Guild worked to make certain that the influence wielded by Velgoth and his cohorts is effectively marginalised. Despite this setback, Velgoth remains a figure of considerable wealth and influence who continues to pry his various schemes, endeavours and enterprises from behind the thick, moss-covered walls of an old watchtower of the end of Gadrog's End in Triffic's northern district. Valgoroth is a giant of a man who possesses formidable strength, a quick temper, and near impossible girth, and a penchant for resorting to, resorting to brutal, violent tactics to bend others to his will. Those those less than scrupulous affairs may bring them into contact with Trithic's teeming underbelly are well aware of the fact that many who have dangerously run afoul of Valgoth have simply disappeared. Okay, start this adventure. Now, special tips slash notes for this adventure. 
multiple paths to completion. The adventure that led you to this entry features multiple paths to its completion. It may benefit you to play through the adventure multiple times without saving your game to discover the best and most most advantageous or advantageous or most appropriate path for your character. Um, no, I'm just going to do it in one go. Early morning, in a large shack, flanking one of the busier piers on Twitix Witherport. But Felgoroth, his tremendous fur-clad bulk, spilling over the sides of the wobbly chair to which he's managed to squeeze himself, frowns and shakes his head. He mutters something that sounds like a curse, and calls for the two men standing against the wall at his back to come forward. At the merchant's leather clads, as the merchant's leather-clad, sword-wielding forces step eagerly to their paymaster's sides, your mind begins to waste. have little doubt that Valgroth, incensed by your refusal of his unjust terms, will swiftly resort to horrific brutality that's long served as the cornerstone of his fearsome reputation. You're out of chances, friend, snarls the merchant. You ought to accept it that I was willing to pay. Now I'll have your carcass tossed out onto the road. I might, and I might just keep what you came here to swindle me over. The, the fearsome brute scoops up a pouch of glowing stones you presented to him and snuffs them into the outer pocket of his grimy vest. Realising the situation is likely to deteriorate beyond repair, your thoughts were tweaked to the events that led up to this increasingly unpleasant scene. Yesterday, Blade Square, Trithic. It was late yesterday afternoon, while passing through Blade Square, when you were approached by a young woman and a man apparently serving as her personal guard, a man you might have mistaken for a small ogre under different circumstances. The woman, who's more than once refused to reveal her identity, beseech you to take possession of a pouch of glowing stones and enter Gardorong's end and seek out the infamous and revolvograph. It was her expressed hope that a notorious merchant would be willing to pay an enchanted, pay a substantial sum of gold for the enchanted rocks. They're worth more than I'll, than I'll ever be able to get from the young woman told you, but I can't afford to tarry at this point. Please, take them to Valgroff and see what he'll give you for them. These are the sort these are the sort of things he can readily turn into gold. A great deal of gold. They're, they're bound to, fe to fetch twice the 4,000 gold I'm seeking to get for them. I dare not go to Valgroff myself, though it wouldn't be safe. I was told that you might do it on my behalf. I wouldn't fear someone like Valgroff. That you would be trusted. I would pay you, of course. Realising the young woman has like is likely in some sort of dire trouble and in desperate need of gold, you agree to her proposal. While while you would take the pouch of stones of Valgraf and see what the vile scoundrel would give you for them. She quickly promised you two hundred gold gold in payment. Promise you half now and the west when you returned with your payment from Valgroff. How do you react to our offer? You accept what she offered. You counter for more gold 
or you refuse to accept payment. Hmm. Obviously, I'm going to refuse to accept payment because that's what heroes do when they already have a when they're already financially comfortable. That is, you refuse to accept any payment for the task. Was met with stunned silence from the young woman. After the apparent shock began to wane, she stepped forward, met you on a shoulder cross, and thanked you repeatedly for the kindness. She reminded you the stones would be worth at least 4,000 gold to Velgoroth, so she promised to be grateful whatever you could reasonably obtain for them. To telling you she would find some way to reward you, she asked that you meet her at the Swell of Blades in Blade Square. When the job was done, he assured her that he would see to, see to it that Valgoth paid a fair sum for the stones before taking your leave of the mysterious pair and heading off in the direction of Galdorong's End, seeking the whereabouts of his most notorious denizen. For the better part of the day, you scoured Galdorong's End, prowling the streets of Trithic's most perilous quarter, seeking out anyone who might know where to find a Valgraf, or any clue that would point you in the direction of the vile knave. At last, trusting a ragged bit of information you gleaned from scattered conversation with a hope, hopeless drunkard outside one of the end's more notorious alehouses, you set off for the winterfront, hoping to find the great scoundrel laying low. Conducting his unscrupulous affairs from a shack, saddled up, up to one of the main piers. Just after dawn on the day following your excursion into Gardowing's End, that you located the Witherfront shack to which you had been directed. Much duration, Valgroth himself was present inside the dilapidated hut, seemed eager to have a look at your, pro- your pouch of stones. Needless to say, however, negotiations over the proper price for the woman's pouch of enchanted stones have not gone exceedingly well. The dire present. Valgros snaps his fingers and two men step forward, brandishing their cruel blades in obvious anticipation of carrying out the vile merchant's bidding. Suddenly, the foul swindler rises from his chair and again snaps his fingers. The sharp, echoing crack of the master's well-practiced gesture draws both of his guards to an immediate halt. They glance fearlessly at one another, before each of them take a step back. No. Leave this worm to me, he says, steering. He steps out from behind the table which he was seated. Wait outside. With some negotiations to conclude. Without a word, the two the merchant's two guards turn and exit the shack, leaving you alone with a fearsome, unpredictable man, those legendary wage is equalled only by his inhuman might. Strength that some would say some would dare to say rivals that of a young ogre. And willing to be bullied by the frightening brute. You place your hands on your hips and allow your defiant gaze to, to meet the chilling stare of a man, no stranger to murder. From 
shall we do about this little impasse of ours? Muses the vulgar behemoth as he steps to the front of the table and places his hand on his hips, seemingly mimicking your stance. Much for your surprise, he apologies for having referred to you as a worm. Mine is a reputation sullied by false grievance. Lest you should have other, less truthful ideas, he says. I'm a fair man, above all, quite honestly. Seek only peace and profit. Taining one without the other is, as I said, something of a waste. Wouldn't you agree? Well, I've told you we will pay you 1,000 gold for the stones, doubling his original offer of 500. He, put, he, he gently pats the outside of his vest, seemingly keen to remind you he still possesses the pouch. As you contemplate your next move, you are reminded the young woman, whose stones they are, believes them to be worth at least 4,000 gold to Valcroft, a price you already attempted, but failed to obtain. So I can try to bargain again. I can take that offer. I'm not going to do that. Demand he return the pouch of stones. Or take back the pouch of stones. Hmm. I'm going to continue to bargain. Valgroff seems immediately put off by your attempt to bargain over the price he's willing to pay. When you tell him you'll accept nothing less than 4,000 gold for them, his face adopts a bright crimson hue. And what, pray tell, makes you believe I would ever pay that much for this pouch of trinkets, he says, fixing you a wiving glare. So, pick a number. Bonus of 38. 18 from diplomacy. 10 from aura. 10 from mind. I've got to get 75 or more to get him all the way to 4,000 gold. If I fail, well, I might just have to fight him. Success. For what, for what seems like an eternity, Volgrost stands still as a faction, his father's and gaze frozen on you. Then, just when you're about to consider your next move, he suddenly agrees to the price of 4,000 gold. It's a bit more than I'd normally pay for these sorts of trinkets, he says, but I am, above all else, a fair man. We needn't ha ha have you scry away from here with an unkind thought about a little old me, after all. Ogroff immediately summons one of his numerous underlings, a thin, balding man, seemingly nervous in the presence of his bulky superior. Shuffles into the stack, Shack, and regards you with an icy glare as the hefty trader orders him to fetch your gold. Nothing like a bit of fair business conducted by honourable folk, says Vargroff, again patting, patting the pocket on his vest into which the pouch is tucked. Hi up, Gertrude. Friend here doesn't have to wait. Doesn't have to wait through the next moon to wait out your lag. Gerthwy, whose name was so unceremoniously revealed, scurries away, returns a few moments later with the gold. After the first looking to Volgroff and receiving a curt nod, the thin, nervous man hands the payment over to you. 
4,000 gold tokens. Ooh. And let us conclude this meeting with something to take away the morning's end, says Valgroth, dismissing his loyal minion with a casual wave and, mentioning and fetching a bottle of root wine. I don't mean to assume, of course. How about it? Fancy a bit of the jitters? Okay, I'll accept the invitation. Valgroth fills a pair of small ornate flagons with root wine and hands one of the vessels to you. This is suspicious of the, the drink. The moment the notorious trailer drowns his serving, blink of an eye, you set aside your pudent misgivings, partake of the strong, pungent spirit. You waited for me to drink first, didn't you? Nargroth nods approvingly. You're a bit more cunning than most of the lot I find myself entangled with. I think we might just be able to work something out between us. I often need a bit. I often need a short. I often need of a sure hand in my various endeavours. When you've finished your root wine, the infamous swindler escorts you out of the shack, pausing on the threshold to bid you farewell. Ooh, that ended up a lot better. That ended up. That ended up a lot more pleasantly than I thought it would. I know who you are and what you are," he says, the sudden admission catching you off guard. There isn't anything that goes on around here that I don't have a hand in. Or a set of eyes or ears upon. You've done quite well for yourself. There's no there's no denying that. I don't know at those behests you sought me out, but it was wise to do so. I'm apt to be interested in magical trinkets and that sort. After all, they're not hard to dispose of. Ogroff looks out across the pier and frowns. Apparently, I've been taking notice of something that threatens to sour his disposition. Matters to attend to. Nothing more, he says, shaking his head. Before you go, let me just be clear on this point, friend. Today, you came seeking me, and I was able to hire you. Tomorrow, a year from now, perhaps next week, I might have reason to seek you out. Now I understand that we can come to sensible arrangements. Now go and be merry, for the sky pretends a fair day. We bid Volgoroth farewell before turning and heading away from the riverfront. In a few moments, you glance back and spot the bulky merchant making his way along the edge of the pier, his attention apparently fixed on a small boat, just now being tied off by his three-man crew. As you make your way through the waking streets of the Adderstone, an unsettled feeling comes upon you, over you several times. You look back over your shoulder, half expecting you to discover some dark figure slinking up along the edge of the lane in pursuit. Never once, however, do you find any evidence to suggest you've been followed. Despite this, you prudently adopt a meandering route, takes you across a vast stretch of the city before at last resuming a direct course for Blade Square. You reach Blade Square and find the young woman and her burly companion waiting for you, as promised, by the Well of Blades. She appears grateful for your help and listens intently as you briefly describe your encounter and negotiations with the vile swindler, concluding with the mention of the 4,000 gold you received for the pile of stones. 
It's beyond belief you actually got that much for them, she says, shaking her heads. I never allowed myself to hope for such an outcome. Thank you. You give her the gold paid to you by Valgroth, and she again thanks you. A delighted demeanor wife with signs of profound relief. You spend a few minutes conversing with the young woman, all the while resisting the urge to inquire about her name, nature of the dilemma, which prompted her to seek your health. When you begin to sense that she and her companion may be growing nervous, perhaps eager to be on their way, you bid her farewell, and wish her luck on whatever lies ahead. She steps forward, meets you on your shoulder cross, and again thanks you. Then, with a hastened step, she turns and slips off along the street in the, shadow, in the shadow of an imposing protector, heading in the direction of the city gates. You watch her depart. You pray that the nameless woman, person who remains in every way a mystery to you, will find safety, perhaps no peace of mind on whatever... On what on on wherever her road next leads her. That finishes the swindler's den. That is one of the routes through this. There are quite a few of them, but if you want to see them, you'll just have to play the game yourself or wait several years for me to go through this with another character. So I got 256 experience to general and 16 XP to all skills and power. Uh, and now that ends that. Now, a couple of adventures back, we got a certain. We got that goblin statuette. Now, I just happen to know. Where to put, where you can get rid of that. And also a lot of other weird items that seem to have no particular use. The city of Plakor. Explore the city pack here. Timokriff's shop. Show Timokriff some of your items. To show Timokriff something in your possession, simply use the item. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, there's a small collection of items that you can that he's interested in. Most of them are odd, odd and strange, Str strange items that you just got for some reason. One of them is the goblin statue we just acquired from the midday encounter adventure. Which has no arms. Use. Typical thighs widen slightly as he, as he produced the mountain goblin statuette. He studies it carefully for a few moments and then smiles. He tells you he'll give you two adventure tokens to it. Alright then, yay! He, prompt he promptly ha hands you two adventure tokens. Takes possession of the wooden goblin statuette. Wonder what's become of the arms, he says, examining the statue closely. Thank you again. It's quite a remarkable find. Bid him farewell and leave. And that That's the end of that. And since I'm now in Pakra, next time 
we'll we'll do some of the adventures there. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save